Kopitar was tied up by Jensen. Long shot. Carter in the slot to Foley. Gathers. Waits. Looks to drop it off. Here's Ledoux pinching. Hesitates and shoots. He scores! You're listening to All the King's Men, the official podcast of the Los Angeles Kings. Pops back out in front. Bertuzzi. Got a touch to it. Not enough. I follow to the empty net. Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. My name is Jesse Cohen. This is All the King's Men. The team opens up a four-game road trip tonight in Winnipeg, but before they do that, we've got a brand new episode for you. You can stream or subscribe today at lakings.com slash podcast, and if you do subscribe, feel free to rate and review us. Thanks. Enjoy the show. All right, joining me now, James Whitlock. How are you doing today, James? Loving life. We're two games into the season. It's a bit early to be having a weekly recap but that's exactly what this is a weekly recap the kings won 0 and one in their first two games what's your feeling about the first two games so far optimistic disappointed about what you expected i i think you have me around because i'm always rainbows and butterflies so right <laughs> now it's like we're uh we're on track for uh for 123 points and <laughs> like we're doing great now i i think I think we've seen some exciting things in the just in the first two games that we didn't even see in preseason. Yeah, and things are starting to fit a little better. We're seeing a little more consistency with the line, so now you're now you're starting to see how people's chemistry work together. So I know we'll get into a lot of that, but ultimately I'm feeling really good, and I think it's going to outshine what people predicted the Kings to do for the year. During the preseason, a lot of people saw some of my posts on social media people that bumped into me at the games were sort of laughing at me going come on man it's it's preseason like you're the one who always says preseason doesn't i mean not not that i'm alone in that right. mantra but preseason doesn't matter everybody knows it every year you can look at it and say like vegas you know looked awful in the preseason last year and buffalo went you know unbeaten or something like that so yeah preseason doesn't matter but you're 100 right there are a number of players who based on how they looked in, in the preseason games you would have thought Oh, you know, right. there's a little bit of concern. And then the puck drops <laughs> at the, you know, home opener. And Ilya Kovalchuk, I've said it before. I, I just simply didn't know his game was that well rounded and he was right. that good. I just didn't know. That's one of the great things that's come out of the last two games. Yeah. Um, Anshay Kopitar has been on fire. Tyler Toffoli, a lot of people said this was an important season for him. He's come out and contributed. Yeah. You know, Mike Matteo, the youngsters, Austin Wagner, um, which I didn't see a lot of, uh, of the, of how special Matteo was um last year right you know it really didn't pay a lot of attention and shame on me but now just in these first two games i'm like this guy's got a laser eye and in limited minutes too yeah you know we've talked about that on the post games he's only been given six or seven minutes a night and in the and same with wagner in those six or seven minutes he still manages to find a way to make two or three plays right th that make you go oh make an impact on yeah. the game um Honestly, if you had asked me what my expectations were after two games, specifically those two games against the Sharks and the Red Wings, I would have said one and one. Mm -hmm. So I would have expected you lose to the Sharks. Not that the Sharks are unbeatable, but the Kings generally lose to the Sharks on opening night. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's the introductions and the pregame ceremony. We're not good on no, ceremony nights. No, it's just, exactly. It's fact. Yeah. So I figured that would have been a loss. So the fact that they got a point out of that game, I thought was great. And the Red Wings are not going to be very good this year. And He's young, uh, yeah. So, you know, they got outplayed, I thought, for most of the game. But at the end of the night, talent won out, and they beat the Red Wings. So 1-1 one and one is what I would have expected to go 1-0-1. Oh 
every little point is going to help, and especially in the Pacific Division. If you can pick up a point against an opponent like the Sharks. Yeah. Um, obviously disappointing the quick goes down, but I thought Jack Campbell handled himself really well. What did you think of the uh, the replacement? Uh, the replacement. The the plus one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Campbell, Campbell looked really good in this game, and, and granted he probably should with Detroit. Yeah. Um, I think this road trip's going to show a little bit more. And I mean, he's a skilled player and, and there's a reason why he's backing up quick. So I, I expect it to be a pretty good road trip. And, and, uh, I think we'll see, I think everybody's going to be pretty happy with, with the way we're lined up and Budai travels too. So, uh, you know, we got him behind Campbell and that's, you know, that's, he did, he did pretty well for us before it did change our defensive system to play with him, but mm-hmm. I think since then they've they've figured I'm, I would assume they figured a way to kind of work him better into the program. Well, and the team the team identity has changed, right? They mm-hmm. just told you know it's a different coaching staff, different front office, talent is different. So <clears throat> I was really curious when when Quick went down, would they institute a more you know home plate based defensive strategy, or would they go the opposite route and say we have speed, we have youth. And now we have a guy like Kovalchuk. Do we try rather than trying to prevent that extra goal every night? Do we mm-hmm. go out and try and score that extra goal every night um, against Detroit? I felt like it was just a regular Kings game. Yeah. Um, other than the fact that you know, it was, I I just felt like they got a little bit caught a little bit, maybe knowing that they could win on talent, and so maybe not outworking Detroit. But it's a right. long season. I'm not gonna. Pull my hair. Well, I don't have any hair, but if I had any hair, I wouldn't be pulling it out um, over that performance. Well, and, and the second period too. I mean, you're talking about six six shots on goal. Like I would expect more. Yeah. So uh, it's one of those things where you take note of those. We got that's something that uh, the system has to change and make sure we're not putting those periods into games because yeah. notably last year the second period was not a strong period. Third period is kind of when everybody expected the Kings to catch up. So um, seeing that that changed a little bit, got a goal in the second uh, in that game against Detroit that that did uh, brighten my spirits. Yeah. And I'm going to use that as a, an opportunity to segue into a topic. Uh, I had it fourth on our on our topic list, but I'm going sh- to shift it to the first. Um, and that's the play of Andre Kopitar. Yeah. He scores the first goal in both games. You know, he's the captain. He knows how important the season is. You're working in new line mates. You're working in new players. You've got a new, you know, starting goalie with Quick out. I just, I mean, I can't. I, I not that I didn't like Kopitar before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> ap- but after last season, where I I really passionately believe he should have won the MVP award, um, I think he's already off to an amazing start. And you see guys like Tavares scoring a hat trick in Toronto, and you see guys like Patrick Kane with the overtime winner. Um, or maybe it was the goal to get them to overtime, but but I mean, you know, what I mean? Yeah. you see stars doing star things, right? And and two games in, Andre Kopitar is doing star things. Before and, we get that, yeah. uh, also Kane taunting. Yes, Austin no, that Matthews. was the that was great. I <laughs> that was fantastic. Hockey love, you have yeah. to mention that. Uh, but no, you're right, Kopitar coming in and and especially the way he's scoring this goal to mm-hmm. these uh, these two goals. Um, two goals, two games, uh, uh, 82 goals this year. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited for that. But, the you know, holding on, dragging that uh, puck until the opening came. Yeah. That's just, I mean, I hope these kids are watching because that's just pure skill and just that veteran presence teaching these guys, hey, this is how we're going to win games. He's been in the league for, what, 11 years now? So, I mean, this is going to be a huge ask. But 
Can you ever remember him scoring on a backhander like that? Because I don't. No, I can't. I can't go to that. No. When he when he did, I mean, I, I we spoke to a couple of people about this, and I think everybody felt the same way that I did. I expected him to curl behind the net and try and either get it to the point on the left side or do some sort of backhand, you know, pa- pass to the slot or, yeah. or to somebody shrieking. The fact that he <laughs> he scored it, at, you know, with almost no no angle on his back, and I just I just had never seen it. I mean, I was I said it on Twitter. I literally didn't know that that shot was an option for him. Yeah. Um. And and the fact that he can, you know, at this point of his career, put up an MVP season, and then the following year s- surprise me in game two <laughs> or game one, whatever it was. Um. I. The guy is tremendous. Yeah, and it, and it's uh, it's gonna help because it builds it builds I think that team morale and uh, and really brought through some good performances from from both games. So uh, going into the road trip, I think this is how you want to start it. Yeah, especially with two tough opponents in Winnipeg and Toronto on that road trip. Yeah, um, to open and close it. So um, we're gonna move from Kopitar to his line mate, newcomer Ilya Kovalchuk. We mentioned it in our little intro chit chat about me just not knowing how good he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, what can you say? Like, I, I think at this point, two points in, two games in, I don't think anybody complained about the signing. No, and and I'll give you one more. It's um, his interview on the first, after the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, it Him talking about the power play and going over five and having trouble even entering the zone mm-hmm. on the power play saying that it's uh it is unacceptable <laughs> um those kind of words don't get spoken by players too much no and the, to see the passion in him to say you know what i haven't earned my spot on that on that line and i will um i i felt like he was just kind of putting it out there that he expected more of himself uh he felt like he owed the team more and he was going to work to get there so um a guy like him saying that uh really really kind of won me over once more saying, you know what, this is this is the kind of drive we need because people are going to look to that and they're going to look to see this guy working just as hard as anyone else. It's a silly thing, but it's it's something that I actually do believe is important. One of the reasons uh, the interview you're talking about, one of the reasons I, I was uh, bummed out when the team lost Rob Scuderi, although I can see that, you know, at some point his physical ability to play hockey um, diminished. But one of the reasons the first time he left that I was upset was because he was the guy that would go on camera after a a loss and say, we weren't good enough. This is what, and and, you know, not critic, not in a sort of negative over the top diva esque manner, but just in a matter of fact, this is what the team needs to do to improve. This is where we weren't good enough. This is what we're going to do to make it better. And having guys like that on the team, you know, I actually do believe it contributes to a healthy locker room, which contributes to a better work ethic across the board, you know, and, and quick is another guy who's, who's great at that. When he plays well, he credits his teammates. When his teammates play poorly, he blames himself, Mm -hmm. you know, simple, plain spoken. I feel like that's the sort of thing that matters. And, and it's great to have a guy like Kovalchuk, you know, they haven't scored on the power play yet. I believe that every fan base across the league will complain about a power team's power play, right. no matter what. Like the best, <laughs> the best power play in the league. If you were to check Twitter, I promise you, in the middle of any game, if they go zero for three on the power play, all of the tweets will be more like a power less play. Am I right? <laughs> or you know, 
here we are. I saw you May- tweet that, right? But I mean, like you know, like Maple Leafs garbage yeah. on the power. Yeah. You know, you could be clicking at twenty seven percent, and the fans <laughs> will only focus on the fact that you haven't scored, you know, in seventy three percent of right. of the opportunities. So you know, yes, the Kings are over. Last season they went twenty percent. I'm perfectly happy with twenty percent, even if it is in the lower, you know, half of the league. Uh, as I've said before, I don't really care where your power play ranking is to me, it's more important what the percentage is and, and 20% or higher is fine. So obviously they're, they're over for the season, but they'll be in the top half. I have to imagine. I, and I'm assuming top third by the end of the year, even if it's, even if it's not top third, they're going to get Brown back. They're going to figure out what to do with Kovalchuk. Um, I think they're just doing what they do every year, which is they're being a little bit too precious. They're trying that extra pass. They're trying to, they're trying to trick the other team. Yeah, and yeah. You're not like, uh, you know, the other team is well aware that Kovalchuk is, you know, right. is lining up with the one timer and the Dowdy's at the top. And the, unless you're switching jerseys, yeah. you're not going to pull it off. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Hey, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't checked the rules book. Yeah. Right so, I mean, part of me wants them to, to rely on something of a gimmick play and say, like, look, throw Wagner on the power play and just give him the puck. Let him enter the zone. And and by the time by the time the rest of the team you know, gets into the zone, he'll he'll have possession behind the net or something. Like, he's that fast that you could almost just... I'm not surprised if in the next, like, on this road trip even, he's skating down and then he turns around and goes, me, me. Like, it, he's that kind of guy, you know? But, but I mean, he, honest to God, like, here's here's just a crazy idea. Kopitar, Carter, and Kovalchuk as your forwards. Uh-huh. Dowdy and Wagner on the points. Give the puck to Wagner. Let him gain the zone. By the time the other four guys get in, have him go off, you know have just all he's there to do is gain the zone as soon as they gain the zone he's on the bench and Muzz comes over or whoever uh-huh. else you want to the point i don't know like i said <laughs> half of me wants the gimmick play the other half says just be patient let them figure it out they'll figure it out no rainbows and butterflies tells me that uh that this is going to be a different year for a power play um i think penalty kills stays the same and um we're going to see that's where that's where i think a strong percentage of increased goals are going to come from I mean, I hope you're right. And, and I mean, we started this segment to talk about Kovalchuk. Uh, honestly, I've been more impressed by his passing than by his shooting. So, you know, on the power play, maybe stop trying to force these one-timers. We saw yeah. in game two. They they fed it to him, fed it to him. Um, let it happen. Like, just let it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, half of me wants the, the gimmick play with, you know, with Wagner. The other half just says, let it happen. If if Kovalchuk doesn't have a single power play goal all season long, but he has twenty five power play assists, like I'm good, that's fine. <laughs> and credit to Josh Cooper because I think on second yeah, second game he tweets out Kovalchuk uh, down at the bottom digs out the puck, pass out follow for shot on goal, Kings up three one, and I text I tweeted back saying. If you were to play that play out in your head, mm-hmm. wouldn't you switch those names around? Like you just didn't expect Kovalchuk being the one right. on the boards, digging it out, and then passing Diafalo, who last year was on the boards digging yeah. it out. So uh just to see that you know what, the play rotates and that's kind of like part of what the King's identity is, is that every player kind of moves into into the place they need to be and and they kind of fill the hole. So um I, I like that play. I, I felt like feel like it got people to recognize him and say okay <sighs> i'm coming down off the ledge yeah i haven't seen a goal yet but that was beautiful that goal the first thing that popped into my head uh when i follow scored that goal and it it was almost instantaneous was 
that's the player Nelson Emerson talked about two years ago, mm-hmm. right? In in preseason uh, and at the and the state of the franchise event two years ago, um, or two seasons ago, um, Emerson talked about I follow as being a player that he would watch in practice. Who, when you would see him take a shot, you would think to yourself, "There's no way the puck finds the hole." Right. There's just not enough space for him to to score on. The goalie's in position. This isn't a good shot. And he said time and time again, the puck would find its way into the back of the net. Yeah. And that was a perfect. And that's the play. That was it. Right. Yeah. Kovalchuk goes into the corner, digs it out. It's on Iafalo's stick for less than half a second. <laughs> Boom. Back in the net, despite Bernier's best attempt. Yeah. Nice try, uh, buddy. At the John Quick special of, <laughs> of knocking the puck off. The hey, we know where he was trained. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I just thought like, okay, this is great. If you're gonna actually see an Alex I follow who's not completely, um, I don't want to say subservient, but who's not completely deferring to his line mates all season long. Mm-hmm. If he's actually going to open spaces, and if you have a guy like Kovalchuk, who's gonna go into the corner and and create the play, right? Great. Then maybe I follow the will score. Guy. Yeah. Then maybe I follow can score more than nine goals. Again, not that I. Not that I care, but other people have uh, have right. expressed concern that, that that position needs to produce more goals. And then when Brown comes back, options, right? It's it's a wonderful problem to have. What do you right. do when your top when your top line uh, winger who scored 28, 29 goals last year comes back? Right, and if you're if you're pulling out 80, 90 goals out of the top line, I think you're pretty happy with that. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, so it doesn't matter who's getting them, right? <laughs> exactly. But if it's still producing top numbers in, in the league, then I guess. Uh, We'll take it however we get it, right? Yeah. Now, I talked about the gimmick play with Wagner uh, on the power play, which is, like I said, I'm not real serious about this. But there is something I am 100% deadly serious about with Wagner, and I want to see it happen. And I was hoping it would happen in Detroit. It didn't. When the other team pulls the goalie, for God's sake, put Wagner on the ice. Mm -hmm. Because then you can ice the puck, and he will get to it. Right, right. And there is no goalie. Yeah. And... Why isn't that an automatic money goal in the for bank. you? Yeah. Like, I, I desperately, the bank. desperately wanted to see them do it against Detroit. You just put him out there with, with the goalie pulled, six on five, tell whoever gets the puck, whichever mm-hmm. defenseman, whichever forward, as soon as you get the puck, get behind your own net, create enough space between you and, and the attacking team, and just lob that sucker down. Yeah. Don't even aim for the net. Just don't throw it over the boards. And then you just tell Wagner, head down, kid. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> after burners on, go get it, right. and and he will. I mean, at this point, there was two seconds left in the game uh-huh. or in the period or whatever, and he got the puck in his own zone, about the faceoff circle in his own zone, and I thought to myself, he could do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's you know, two point three seconds, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a shot on goal out of it. Now, I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not by much. Yeah, with Wagner, uh, that's another interview I want to go to is his interview after the game, and um. I don't know if you caught the mood change, but Carlin definitely wasn't her energetic self. She was a little more soft-spoken. <laughs> and you have a Wagner with his head tipped down. You can't mm. see his face. His bill of his hat yeah, is covering I his did face. See that. Uh, when he finally looks up, he's, you know, watery. He's And he was carrying the weight of the overtime loss on his shoulders because he had those three breakaways. Mm-hmm. They were beautiful breakaways. I mean, just blew past yeah. Carlson, blew past everybody. Um, the guy's just got wheels and um, and I hate that I even saw people on Twitter say, oh, lack of finish, because oh, whatever, this is the first game for 21. this kid, like <laughs> give him a chance. Yeah. But I mean, the fact that he's 
he's able to make he's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and then he went into the interview and really carried that weight and and felt like um, it was his burden to carry, even though it's not. He did amazing for his first game and uh, for anybody's game. I mean, you have players that have been on a team for five years and don't get that many opportunities. Uh, so to see that kind of once again passion, like kids that care and want to want to be a productive part of the team and want to make the team better um, and and carry that weight. Uh, to me, that's that's crucial. And to see a player like that on his first game really own that, it, it, it just showed a sense of maturity to me. Like, hey, listen, I can be a part of this. I know I'm owning the moment, and uh, and I'm going to do better for you next time. Yeah, I mean, he played a season or, or just over half a season in Ontario last year, and you can see that, right, he's not, he's not a, a rookie at, at being a professional. He right. may be a rookie in the NHL, in the league, yeah. but... Um, were you? I can't remember the timeline, but were you in California for Brown's rookie year? I was. Do you remember uh, the first? It must have been like ten or fifteen games. Every game he played in, he would wreck the other team's star mm-hmm. player. Like mm-hmm. somebody made a, you know, how on the side of um of airline of uh of fighter jets they put X's yeah for a number of hit. Somebody made a graphic for Brown where it was like jerseys of the other team. Oh, with, I did see that. with X's through them with the name of each. I wish I could remember the players that he that he. But it was like literally every game That's he beautiful. would take out. Yeah. The, a, a star player on there. So somebody had like, you know, uh, Bertuzzi, Sedin, you know, with little yeah. X's through them. I want someone to do that for Wagner. Uh, Dave Joseph came up with the idea on the post game of, of doing a, you know, right. a breakaway count yeah. for Wagner. I want to do like, okay, you know, Carlson, XX, yeah. right? Like, you, you know, I want to check because when you have a player, even if the all around game isn't, you know, elite level or all star level, when you have a guy uh, who, who excels at one thing. Right. You know, I said it on Twitter. It's not worth the price of admission yet. You know, I wouldn't pay for a full ticket just so I could see three breakaways in seven minutes out of Austin Wagner. But I'm all right with, you know, it's on the list. yeah, like, I'm OK <laughs> saying 33 percent of my entertainment value yeah. is, der- is derived just from watching that kid burn people. So there was one he had where it was off the break. It was off a face off and he just <laughs> tipped the puck off the guy's stick. And his ex- it's not even his top speed. It's his acceleration. Right. right. He goes from zero to 60 in in the blink less than a blink of an eye and and before you knew it he was entering the zone by himself on another breakaway and i just i want somebody you know maybe i'll do it i don't know but i probably won't but i just want somebody to to count how many how many scoring chances he creates just with his speed and how many all-stars he he winds up burning and blowing past because we're we're i think we're at least at five or six now all right so listeners uh Pay attention to All King's Men for that banner of... Yeah, I think we're going to call it Wagner's Wheels or something yeah. like that. Wagner's Wheels. Because <laughs> it's... I mean, the kid's unbelievable. It's just crazy. And and Perry, uh, having him teamed up with Amadio where he could be fed from him after they've built... Yeah. Uh, you know, if they had a chance to play together. And, and uh, that's that's also a great point to look at and say that's a good pairing just in, in those two alone. And, you know... Now that they have Kempe and Wagner and I follow and, you know, they've got kids with speed. You could potentially have a line that just that just burns. Yeah. Um, and like I said, not worth the full price of admission. But, you know, if it gets people, if they don't know how to play that line, yeah. if other teams just don't know how to play that line and they don't have a way to stop it. Um, then you're just putting pressure on the goalie all game. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's eight extra times where that goalie's really got to look at eight great opportunities 
guess what? Some of those are going to go in. It's just numbers. And and you can even see it with Kovalchuk, a guy who doesn't have right Wagner level speed, but you can see the space that he creates just by the other team being aware of him. Yeah. And now you're looking at, you know, Kovalchuk on the top line, Pearson or Carter on the second, excuse me, on the second line, Kempe on the third, Wagner on the fourth, or, you know, you can shuffle it around wherever you want. Once you start getting people on each line, even if they're not scoring, if they're creating space, if they're backing the defense off, if they're making sure that the other team always has to be aware, it it just helps the rest of the line, you know, move in empty space, retain the puck. It's it's good. And 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 back to Kovalchuk real quick. I feel mm-hmm. like he he's gonna settle into. I I still see where he's uh he he's got he's got a lot of pressure on him coming into this team and and all the weight that was put on him with the media and everything else about his return. Um, and I, I see like, there's just a lot of, sometimes he's just putting more touches on the puck than he needs to. And, yeah. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's going too hard and not able to make the turn. Uh, he's just, he's putting a lot of pressure, I think on himself to, to be at, at a high caliber, which he is naturally. And, yeah. and it's one of those things where you care too much. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense or no, it was, it's it too. what I meant earlier when I said they're trying to be too precious, Yeah, you know, like Dowdy does a spin move that turns into a, a breakaway for the other team, or they try that extra pass or the, do the stick fake. Or I saw Pearson coming down the, the left side at one point and he did about six shoulder fakes, right? He did like a full yeah. body shimmy. And I was like, who is that for Tanner? Yeah, right, <laughs> like right. I, I, there's no bigger Tanner Pearson fan other than perhaps his wife and his family than me. And I was just like, come on, man, just put the puck on net or keep moving. But like that full shimmy, like I, who needs it? Like I get it. It's Detroit. And, and honestly, I think a lot of it just is that it was against Detroit. Uh-huh. Right. And they, I think they knew or didn't know they were going to win, but I think they felt pretty confident that this was going to be a win. And, you know, they hadn't scored on the power play in the first game. And I don't know if you saw, but we mentioned this in the postgame. Tyler Dello, um, analytics guru, Tyler Dello was just savaging the Kings uh-huh. power play online. So it's like, OK, they're, you know, and and it didn't happen so much in the second game. And in the first game, I've never felt um, that much anticipation for a meaningless regular season power play than that first game. It was like the crowd just desperately wants to cheer for Kovalchuk mm-hmm. to score a power play right, goal. Right. Never mind that it, you know, that it that it's who cares who scores it, right? We we all know he he makes this much money. He's right. been brought in. You know, hype, hype, hype. It's, like, it's just Staple Center wants a Kovalchuk goal. Absolutely. I think they know that. I think once they get the first one, all of the goofy stuff goes away, you know, and I think the pressure just Right. So Absolutely. I kind of hope that he get it on the road trip because then it's just like whatever. It's no big deal. Absolutely. We're in the we're in the thick of it. And yeah. We're just gonna run. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So that's all the good stuff. Now we kind of have to talk about the bad stuff, and that is the quick injury. Um, it's not the end of the world. Well, we don't know if it's the end of the world. Well, yet, now on the IR instead of day to day. Yeah, but I mean that was a uh, that was a salary cap move and they brought matt luff up you know i don't expect that he'll see any game action although i quite like him um he stood out to me uh in the development camp two years ago and this year but you know if quick is out for any extended period of time and by that i mean more than he was out in the 2014 season um you know i begin to worry because jack campbell's looked great you know i i anticipate that he'll be fine for them you know we know what budai can bring you 
But if we're talking about three, four, you know, God forbid, five months, mm-hmm. I think you, I think the the tone of the season takes a real turn, real fast. Um, what's your concern level? Um, sorry, you were about to. Think. A lot more now that you said three, four, yeah, sorry five about months. That. Well, I mean, we don't know what it is. It could be nothing. Right? He could be back in a week. I mean, I'm expecting to see him back uh, two to four weeks. I, it, I mean, from the from the initial um, discussion. <laughs> or the the very little discussion we yeah. could get uh it didn't seem like it was even going to be um you know more it uh, wouldn't be an ir issue so uh going into ir and now having a certain amount of games out and uh he'll be uh he'll be out for the road trip most likely and that uh that's a all canada trip so there's some good teams there and, and we're going to see the likes of uh uh, Matthews and Tavares and mm-hmm. uh, gonna have Kleiner. to gonna have to play against Winnipeg, who always plays well. So it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good test. And and I hate to go back to the, to the mantra of we come out of it five hundred, then we came out of it. I we've got to be more of a, a focused group to say you know we we need we need the majority of points out of out of these road trips. Yeah, I want to I want to hammer this point home because I think it can be easily looked over when quick went down. um, They literally didn't have the cap space to call up Peter Budai. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's on the IR. It's entirely possible that he could be day to day, you know, right. Maybe he just maybe it's a Charlie horse or you know what I mean? Like he could be fine, but he needs a day off and they don't want to throw him in his backup and they just they literally didn't have the cap space to, to call up the backup so you put quick on IR and it buys you a week's worth of cap space like do we take the bus to canada or right. well that's put him on IR that's it so so you shrug and you go all right you've got you know detroit ottawa and and montreal in your next you know handful of games mm-hmm. i feel i feel perfectly comfortable throwing jack campbell out against detroit Ottawa and Montreal and you've got Toronto and Winnipeg and you go like, all right, well, even with quick and net, those are tough games. Right. So I'm not terribly stressed about the idea of throwing your backup goalie to those. And I, I don't want to say that you take the loss in your head. Cause obviously that's not that kind all. of thinking doesn't happen in professional sports, but just from a fan perspective, if you told me that the road trip, they go two and two, I'm fine with that. I don't care who's in net. I don't care if they get lit up by Toronto or Winnipeg those Toronto and Winnipeg are going to light people up. Right. That's, you know, that's what they spend their money on. That's what they're doing in the playoffs. Toronto still doesn't have a goalie or a defense that I consistently trust. So, mm-hmm. and we don't have to play them in the playoffs anyway. So mm-hmm. not worried about it. Um, But yeah, ultimately we're going to have to find out how serious this injury to quick is because the way they handled it, it could be, like I said, it could be nothing. Right. Could be something. And that's my feeling. I yeah. don't think it's. I don't think it's very, uh, very serious. So, uh, and and look at this. I mean, it, it was Detroit, but forty shots on goal is forty shots on goal, and to come out with only two goals in the net, it's a strong performance. Yeah, for like, sure. We're not talking like we're just putting some schlub in the in the net. This is Jack Campbell. So yeah, and, and everybody, you know, we a nice Nicholas Cage reference, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> um, the the I I have a weird affinity for that movie, The Family Man. For people who don't know. <laughs> I don't know why, because when I watched it again recently, uh, I realized how horrible it is. Yeah. 
not horrible as a bad movie, but I realized like how torturous it would be for that the individual in the film. I don't know if anybody's seen it, but Nicolas Cage plays a, a mean rich guy who only cares about money. Yeah. And then the universe says, oh, yeah, well, here's an alternate version of your life where you don't care about money, but you have kids and a wife and a family. And then they force him, the universe forces him to live that life long enough to realize that there are things more important than money. Right. And then as soon as he learns the lesson, they take it all away from him forever. Right. <laughs> so like, that just seems unnecessarily cruel, even though the message of the movie is supposed to be, oh, look, the mean guy learned there's more important than, but it's like, right. <laughs> but then they throw him right back into his life where he's insanely wealthy, has this high important, anyway, whatever, I'm totally <laughs> off topic. Um, you're welcome <laughs> you've, yeah you've thrown i forgot what i was gonna say oh man nick cage the family <laughs> man. um he's in the spider-man movie coming out too um anyway like i said i i i i'm fine with campbell and net uh for those games um oh i remember what i was gonna say the goalie pipeline people talk about the goalies that have done well in the past with quick out mm-hmm. and it's easy to point to Bernier or Jones mm-hmm. and say, well, sure, they did well. You know, look, they have NHL careers. You know, and people have said, oh, Jones put up better numbers, you know, with the Kings than Quick did. I think Jones only played 34 games as a King. Um, but it's guys like Martin Scrivens and Jonas Enroth and Darcy Kemper. I mean, we'll see how Kemper does this year. But there are just as many guys who are out of the league or, yeah. who, who, or who aren't NHL starters that played well with the Kings, then there are right. your Martin Joneses. So I, I do think it has to do with the system and the goalie coaches. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm legitimately not worried about <laughs> Jack Campbell. If, if people co- keep coming shopping at your team for goalies, yeah, exactly. it's got to tell you something. Yeah. yeah. And, and you look at guys like Barube, who, when he left the Kings, everybody said, you know, cause he was claimed off of waivers and then Bartisak was yet another player uh, arrested for, uh, 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 you know, uh, domestic abuse. Right. So it was a hit to the Kings pipeline. They lost two young goalies. But in the but in the meantime, I don't know where Bartisak went. I'm sure he went back to Europe. But Barube has floated around the league and hasn't really done anything. Mm-hmm. You know, he was on the Islanders, I think, for a while. And I just saw his name pop up the other day. I don't know if it's because he was put on waivers or released or – but. He he wasn't the next Martin Jones, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, so whatever, you know. The Kings brought in Jack Campbell, who was a first round draft pick, loaded with talent. For whatever reason, it didn't work out in Dallas, as no goalies work out in Dallas. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, <laughs> Not his fault. yeah. Anyway, we've uh, we've harped on Campbell long enough. I wanted to uh, introduce a new segment. Um, segment I've toyed around with in years past. It used to be a. Uh, a uh, a regular thing we did on Life in Hockeywood, my old podcast, uh-huh. my old, old podcast. Go check that out. Uh, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> it only exists on my laptop. Um, but I have every episode, and they are they're a trip to listen to. <laughs> um, but uh, it's King of the Week. Yes. And, and the idea is every week uh, to identify which king had the best week. Simple enough premise. And we've only got two games to go on this this quote-unquote week we're talking about last week um i would argue that kopitar kovalchuk ayafalo to foley and maybe campbell are uh are nominees but i wanted to broaden the scope this season and include 
members of the Ontario Reign, anybody on the Monarchs who's under contract with the Kings, any of the players in the juniors, any of the players in co- at the collegiate level. We're going to do some research. The this broadcasters, year. <laughs> <laughs> the front office, fans, anybody that uh, that exists within the, the Kings hockey realm uh, that had a particularly good week, I would say is eligible to be named King of the Week. Um, I'll start off uh, with what I think, then you can make your case, and then I will act as uh, as final judge and award okay. a King of the Week. So if I'm going to say Ilya Kovalchuk. Because um, I think with all the pressure, you know, with, with all the question marks, he comes in, he looks great, picks up two assists. And as you said, had that, that post-game interview where he, he put he put the pressure on himself and on the team. Right. On, on, to, on yeah, top absolutely. of what was already there. So I'm going to I'm gonna argue for Ilya Kovalchuk. I feel like I feel like that's a good choice. And had I not also had that in my head, I would argue it. <laughs> since it was already in my head, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make I it audible. Let you go first. I'm sorry. I'm gonna make it audible. And um I'm gonna go with Carlin Baith. Okay. Uh coming from the ice crew, then going into Fox Sports and 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 working our way through there and now making it to the main broadcast team for the Kings coming back home and permanently be doing this. Um, that is, I think, uh, you know, Alex did a great job and uh, Alex Curry for mm-hmm. uh, for post games and things like that. But I really think she brings a different energy. Her, uh, I don't know if she comes up with her segments, but the segments are on point of uh, what is it with golf cart confessionals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she just has a great spirit and, and uh, she hypes people up. She, you know, she got that from uh, working side by side with Jay Flats, and like she just had a lot of experience, and now all that's culminating into this role that she has. I'm really happy to see her on camera, and um, and she's funny. She's just she's just a great person. So she's my pick for King of the Week. I like it. That's a good pick. I, I've only worked inside, or not even inside. Under I, I always refer to it as under the umbrella. I've only worked under the umbrella of of professional sports for the last four or five years. And in that time, I've learned that it's a really strange industry mm-hmm. full of a lot of really interesting people. Like, it's not like being a lawyer or a doctor where everybody had a fairly similar path. You know, like you go to law school, you go to medical school. If you're an air conditioner repairman, you went to trades. You know what I mean? Like everybody sort of has. But every now and then you, you find an industry where there are a million inroads, mm-hmm. you know, and and professional sports is one of them because you could have been an athlete. You could have been a former athlete. You could have gone to broadcasting school. You could be a writer. You could be me, some Joker fan who, you know, runs his mouth real good. Yeah. Um, right place, right time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but there are very few people who have almost universal praise from everybody that you meet. And honestly, Carlin is one of those people. Anybody I talk to will volunteer extra information talking about how impressive her career path has been. Right. You know, she starts as a nice girl. She has greater ambitions. You know, she does the in arena hosting. She does the work for Fox Sports West. She does the the on the uh the online reporting. Um I don't want to get too much into it because it's her life and her decisions, but I mean I know how hard she's worked at it. Right. And I know some of the steps that she's taken. Um to make sure that she keeps improving at her job. And, and like I said, it's rare that you bump into somebody. I've never heard a, 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 a bad word spoken about her no, I... um, in any capacity. And that's 
Not that everybody's running around saying horrible things about, about right. everybody all the time, but it's rare to find somebody with a 100% Rotten Tomato rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and she's one of them. So I like that pick. However, I am going to go ahead and ignore both of us. Oh, wow. <laughs> You're pulling an audible I, on that's yourself. Right. That's right. And I'm going to go ahead and say the captain, Andre Kopitar, with two goals, scoring the first goal Can't in both that. games. <laughs> um, it's just too, like I said, it's too impressive. It's too important. The guy's already on a pace for another great season after having a standout season last year. So congratulations, Andre Kopitar, this week's King of the Week. Pull the bottom on your Yeah, hey, you know. <laughs> it would have been bad if you didn't see it coming. No, down. well, <laughs> you know, the whole point <laughs> of the segment is to reward uh, reward excellence. And, uh, we could talk about three people. Yeah, exactly. Kopitar is uh, nothing if not excellent. And if you didn't pull the audible, I did put you in a corner anyway. <laughs> no, look, I, I'm glad you said Carlin. I mean, that's why I expanded the. Uh, when you the said service. when you went to that, I was like, all right. Yeah, yeah. She was my backup. <laughs> In case you said couple <laughs> Uh So anything else you want to touch on this week, James? Yeah, I don't know if you caught the uh, the end of the win. We've got a uh, we got stick taps and and stick raises to the fans. We got waving going yeah, on. Yeah, we did. Twitter's a fire. They are. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I tell you what. I mentioned this in the post game uh, the other night, um, and I sort of made a snarky comment about it, and then I deleted that when I went back and edited it uh-huh. because I thought, oh gosh, you know what? I'm not entirely sure how the organization feels about the stick salute. Maybe it was, you know, something that they're very high on promoting. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll be the diplomat. Well, maybe I'll just, you know, check the temperature of the room before I, before I do a belly flop into the (laughs) negative side of the pool. Um, But I, I checked with one person, I won't say who, and, and I hope they were telling me the truth. They said there was no sort of, directive from the team to be to promote interesting like they obviously i I mean i think the players i think i think the it's a lot management well i think management may have spoken to the players but they didn't speak to you know the 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 media side of the of the building because i saw a bunch of people whether it was dave joseph brooklyn boyers alex faust i saw a bunch of people say pointing out on twitter like hey they did the stick tap. That's and new. My my initial thought was to roll my eyes and go like, okay, uh, they're pushing it. Like, they did to me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, they really want people to notice. But like I said, I checked, and unless the person is is you know deceiving me, apparently that was just something that those people organically noticed happened. Uh, I'm not opposed to it, but you and I had a conversation <laughs> on the drive home from the uh, state of the franchise state of the franchise event where I asked you what you thought about it. I just think it's goofy and, and I don't care. It doesn't take any, you know, I, I don't think it's bad. I just think the one, the next time they don't do it, I'd be real curious to see what the response is. Oh, it'd be, it'd be on fire. Like, yeah. Oh, we're not worth it. We paid all this money and yeah. you don't even give us a salute. No, it's it, but it's, it's a, it's a nice tap to the fans. And, and um, you know what? The Kings are always very good about recognizing their fan base. And when it came up two and three times at the state of franchise, it was even Luke that was like, oh, I didn't even know that was a yeah. thing people wanted. Like, okay. And to see that he, they even took it under consideration to try it out and see if the fan, if it made sense. And people on Twitter loved it. So uh, it looked like they were going to do it on the first game. But I think the fact that they lost in overtime, right? you know, and Quick was obviously pretty pissed. It kind of looked like it fell apart. <laughs> and that was apart. part of our conversation was like, what happens when you have that bad loss? Yeah. Are you... 
now the players got to stay out there and be like, hey, thanks, fans, for right. sticking around and watching us when they're pissed off about yeah. their performance or, you know, whatever the case is. And forcing that, it, it does feel forced at that point, and it's not organic. So if it's going to be organic and it's just something that, you know, the players want to do and it sells, yeah, then good. I, I like the idea. I, I would even be all right with saying you have to do it after a win. Right. right. Even though I still think it's goofy and, and I think making – I don't want a gesture if it's a forced gesture. You know what I mean? It's like you've got kids. If your kid breaks your neighbor's porch light and you march the kid over and you say apologize to the neighbor and the kid apologizes, you're doing it for the kid. You're not doing it for the neighbor. Right. right. <laughs> the neighbor knows your kid doesn't care. Right. You know, you're doing it so the kid learns the lesson about mm – -hmm. you know, I don't think it's the team's job to teach the players a lesson about – respecting the fans after right. a game or whatever but if you wanted to say after a win you go out and you do it okay fine but like i said after a loss that yeah that's man i don't want it i don't even want to <laughs> i don't even want to watch it after a loss yeah like get off get off the ice go to the locker room do your thing you're human yeah, beings you, you gotta go home i get it i've gotta go home fly at 11 know. exactly <laughs> fly at 11 anyway james i think that is gonna wrap it up uh, i want to thank you for joining me Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We'll do this again next week, if not sooner. Uh, for James Whitlock, I'm Jesse Cohen. Thanks for listening, Kings fans. You can't see it, but I'm waving my stick in the air to salute you. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon.